The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schneppli and Tom. Okay, take us to the promised land. Episode 87 of The Shallow End with Schneebly and Toth, and a very special episode. I can't believe this is only the second time, JG, that we have done this. This is only the second time, isn't it? Yeah, this is the second time that we have done listener emails, and uh, it, it is so much fun because it helps remind us that there are people out there that uh, are just as... Um, well, silly as we are. Let's put it that way. I was going to say challenged, but silly is a better word. An entire episode of nothing but your stories of your dips in the shallow end of the gene pool. We, uh, as you know, we get a ton of emails. And before we start, I just wanted to give a special shout out to a listener named Brittany. Brittany's probably the gust- gutsiest listener we have back in december she emailed us two stories uh-huh. uh and they both involved using hygiene products that ended up causing se- severe medical issues no. Oh, no. in very very sensitive parts of britney's body and i just wanted to say britney i want you to know that those stories are hysterical and we deeply appreciate you sharing them. And only because we know there are parents driving kids to school, <laughs> we're going to skip yeah. reading your stories. But mm-hmm. I did want to call out a phrase that she used called, that's when the communists decided to crash my funhouse." <laughs> Which is what? one of the most wow. <laughs> inventive expressions I've ever heard for... Uh. For that time in a a woman's life where that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to say, Brittany, you are our hero for being willing to share personal <laughs> stories like that. We appreciate you. We love you. And with that, JG, we get to use that jingle that cost us 50 bucks. Yeah. This is, this is only the second time we've used it, so it's down now to $25 a play. Every time we play it, pretty soon we're going to be making money on this. But as you and I discussed a few days ago, nothing makes a former... 
radio personality happier than getting to use a cheesy jingle. So, Drew, roll it, baby. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right in and pull one out. Those letters. I love those letters. And it even runs long for a clean fade out. I love that. So classy. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> we have the best producer ever. Uh, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. This comes from Val. And uh, the subject line is, that time I hugged an eight-foot bull shark. <laughs> which, which sounds like a euphemism, but I don't think it is. It's like crashing the funhouse. I hope this email finds you in good spirits. I had previously sent in a recording of my story, but I know it was lacking details, so I thought, WWJD, what would Jethro do? So, (laughs) I'm going to resubmit my story with some bedazzles. Very nice. My name is Val. Feel free to use my name in the story. (laughs) I'm glad you said that because I... (laughs) Because we already did. (laughs) Yeah. I use she, her pronouns, and my story takes place in the late 1990s. I was in my freshman year of college and preparing for a fun adventure to Mexico with two of my best friends. We hadn't seen each other in months, with everyone attending different schools, and we were ready to party in paradise. Yes, three twenty-somethings from the bowels of the Pennsylvania wilderness. (laughs) I didn't know wilderness had bowels, but... Only in Pennsylvania. Only in Pennsylvania. Go on. We were ready to set loose on the white sandy beaches of Mexico. What could go wrong? I was on this trip with two male friends who shall remain anonymous. I'll call them Jethro and Lindsay. That's sweet. Their first initials are J and L, so so I will put you in according roles. Now, we had spent the first few nights living it up and letting our hair down. We went to late-night beach parties where they would squirt a mysterious liquid in your mouth using a super soaker as we tried to limbo. Sounds, sounds like, why weren't we invited? Uh, I'm not sure if the limbo bar ever moved, but it sure did get harder as the <laughs> night went on. That is what you had to do for a shot of super soaker juice, and many laughs were had. Now... As a grown-ass adult, I'm like, seriously? You just let random strangers shoot unknown liquid into your mouth via super soaker as you limboed. (laughs) What the hell? We attended a nightclub that turned into some kind of bubble party that turned the dance floor into a hazardous death trap as we had a few beers. We learned to stay away from the unknown liquids. Super Soaker Juice will give you one hell of a hangover. Now, if you were at the bar watching the bubble slick dance floor, you were having a a really hilarious time, which we were because none of us were dancers. The hilarity quickly came to an end as soon as we tried to cross the dance floor that was slick with bubbles to leave the club. The bar was in the center of the club, and the dance floor surrounded it, and there were also balconies up above, I I guess to watch the hilarity from a different vantage point. But I digress. Now, the real fun happened the next day on our booze cruise to a nearby (laughs) island, with snorkeling and sightseeing along the way. And, And by the way, Linz, 
Getting loaded and going snorkeling is probably a dangerous combination. Yeah, I was just thinking it's probably not wise to to meld those two activities. The day was beautiful. The sun was shining. It wasn't too hot out yet. A nice breeze coming off the water as we boarded the ship. When we took a seat, a pirate came by and offered mixed drinks and beer. All three of us grabbed the beer. We sipped our beers and watched the other passengers board and take in our new shipmates. Along the way, the pirate passed out drinks and snacks and told us interesting facts about the area we'd be snorkeling at. There were underwater structures and statues we could swim around, and they started talking about the marine life we might encounter. I was excited to test out my new underwater disposable camera and planned to take pictures of as many fish as possible. Now, my friend Lindsay became a bit (laughs) uncomfortable when the pirate taught us the universal diver's sign for sharks. Lindsay asked what the probability of seeing a shark actually was, and the pirate said, very little chance, but it never hurts to be prepared. Lindsay was on the verge of noping right out of our snorkeling adventure, but Jethro and I assured him that the pirates were just trying to scare us. No way would they let us snorkel in shark-infested waters. Absolutely, you're safe. See, that would be my thought, too. I was flying back from Miami, and I saw the captain get on the plane, and he looked 12, you know? Like he was <laughs> he was a kid, and he, he straightens his tie, and he goes in and shuts the cockpit door, or the flight deck door, I guess right. they call it nowadays. Right. And I'm thinking, well, surely he knows what he's doing. I'm sure everything's fine. You didn't happen to see if he needed like a booster seat to uh, <laughs> to get behind get behind the stick. The flight attendant actually lifted him up and set him down in the seat. <laughs> so all of us from the boat jumped in the water along with the crew. They were there in case we needed help. I didn't think Lindsay was going to stray far from the boat, but as Jethro and I snorkeled further away, it made him nervous and he began to follow us. And that was it. We snorkeled around and took pictures and made our way back to the boat. Are you asking where the shark hugging comes in? Well, yes, we are. We're about to stumble across some bull sharks. Uh Uh-oh, not good. We were set loose on an island and told to be back at the boat later in the day. We roamed the island eating food and checking out the shops. I was chasing lizards and stopping to pet dogs and other local wildlife. Doesn't that make you think of cat? It does. (laughs) No matter where we go. If there are dogs and local wildlife, you know where to find cat. And she always has treats on her. We ran out of uh, dog treats when we were in Thailand. So she goes into a 7-Eleven and fills her purse full of dried puffer fish. Wow. Yeah. And then she left the purse in the sun. And anyway. um, Not in Kansas anymore. No. So she goes on to say, I got my hair braided in a bazillion small braids with beads attached to the ends and some of my hair wrapped in colorful threads. We then found ourselves on the beach with a uh, sectioned off part. There were people standing around in the water with gray animals swimming around. (laughs) Gray animals? Huh. (laughs) wonder what that could be. Jeez. Lindsay asked someone if they were dolphins, and the man laughed and said, No, bull shark. Can I preface this with, My mom did not let us watch TV for a large section of my life growing up. She literally had the cable shut off because she said, My brother and I watched too much TV. So, I had not been introduced to such things as the Discovery Channel or Shark Week. 
Therefore, my shark knowledge was severely lacking. Thanks, Mom. So what did I do when the strange man said I could get into that sectioned-off chunk of water with three sharks swimming around? I handed over the money and made my way into the water. Lindsay said no thank you and told Jethro and I he'd take pictures from the pier far away. He was always so dramatic. That Lindsay. Anyhoozle, Jethro and I got in the water. One of the guys in the water coaxed a shark over, and he showed us how to hold it, and we gave it a little hug. It was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I'm one of those people that just loves to touch everything, especially animals, if I can. So, yeah, that was the time I hugged an eight-foot bull shark. Now, was it a real bull shark? I don't know. They seem pretty aggressive. I'm not sure if they would be chill enough to have a bunch of people hold it, but that's what they told us. And I will attach a picture of Jethro and I holding the shark, courtesy of Lindsay, even though he was <laughs> so far away, you can hardly see us. But honestly, I feel like I was jumping in and out of the shallow end the whole trip. We were lucky to make it home in one piece, but I will give you some advice. If you get your hair braided and then hang out in the beautiful Mexican sunshine, make sure you put sunscreen on all those parts. Oh. I had the worst sunburn of my life on my head at the end of the trip. Oh, God, that must Eat. hurt. If the sharks don't get you, the sun sure will. So, luckily, I survived our shallow end dip with just a severe sunburn and the cool-ass fact that I got to hug an eight-foot bull shark. Love the show. You guys make me laugh at work when my coworkers look at me and point. I point to my ears and say, uh, my, my friends in my ears are funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a, uh, a sunburn is a lot easier to deal with than uh, having your limbs gnawed off by a bull shark. Yeah, bull shark bad. Sunburn bad. No, I wouldn't do it. No, <clears throat> I wouldn't either. And Not there's wouldn't. somebody swimming around has red uh, swim trunks on, and it looks like, I don't know, blood. Like blood in the water. Yeah. <laughs> blood in the yeah. water. We appreciate that, Val, and glad you survived to tell the tale. We used to be called Speaker Town, but we've grown so big we're changing our name to Speaker City, the largest showroom of audio speakers on earth. Need tweeters? We got them. Need mid-range? We got them. Need woofers? Oh yeah, we got them. We've got speakers for your bike, car, truck, boat, RV, or 18-wheeler. We've got speakers so big they won't even fit in your home. We've got speakers so loud they can kill you. We've got speakers so complicated even we can't figure them out. If you like this commercial, just imagine how much better it'll sound on your new speakers from Speaker City. Speaker City, off Interstate 4 in Orlando. Not affiliated with Speaker Village or Speaker Hamlet of Miami. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
And ironically, Jethro, this is still the usual place where you, you tell our email address, or we tell our email address. One of us does it. It's lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. That's lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. Love to hear yeah. your stories, whether you type them out or do an audio recording. Just Record uh, them on your phone. Yeah, send it in to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our next email is from Jason, subject toaster barbecue. Hello, Jethro and Lindsay. I'm a line haul truck driver in Alaska. Man, that's a cool. That, isn't that just manly man? The way that you said that too, Lindsay, you sounded I'm like a you, line were, haul. You, you were you were doing a trailer for a Discovery Channel series, Ice Road Truckers. Instead of saying in Alaska, I, w- I would say out of Alaska. I'm a line haul truck driver out of Alaska. Beautiful. Beautiful. I enjoy listening to The Shallow End and Boo while driving across the incredible wilderness of this state. I was listening to episode 84. There's a right and a wrong way to cook a steak in which a man burned down his kitchen (laughs) while cooking a steak in a toaster. Uh I recollected an interesting memory of one of my trips to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, when I was dining in one of the work camps nearly 10 years ago. In the cafeteria, there was a red and white warning sign next to the toaster. It read, Attention! Please refrain from putting anything other than bread in this unit. This toaster's not a grill or a pizza machine. Failure to do so can and may end up in a fire. Thank you. On another trip to a worksite nearby, I observed a sign that said, Danger, water not potable, hung above the urinals in a mobile lavatory. (laughs) The oil field workers and engineers are known for their talents, hard work, and their innovative nature in order to keep things working in Temperatures that can dip below 50 degrees below zero. Gear no thanks. God. No thanks. Unfortunately, these innovations do not remain only on the oil field and seem to occasionally result into a swan dive into the shallow end of the North Slope oil patch. Thanks for providing a great source of content that adds to the enjoyment of my awesome job. I always look forward to many more adventures with entertaining stories of misadventure and perfect examples of what not to do. Maybe the oil-filled safety personnel can use your podcast for topics in their boring toolbox safety meetings to make them much more interesting and informative. Stay safe. Yeah. Jason. The guy was talking about the water in the uh, porta-potties not being drinkable. It reminded me of a time I was at JFK. No, it was LaGuardia. uh, LaGuardia Airport in New York. And... Part of that, they were they were renovating, and it, it's really quite nice now. But at the time, it was really dingy. I'm, I'm sure there's yeah. still parts of it that that are. Yeah. I had to use the bathroom, and and I go into the bathroom, and I'm standing at one of those stalls, and a guy comes in, and he observes the proper spacing. That you know, it's mm-hmm. the unwritten male law. You don't sidle up next to somebody if there's a free no. stall two stalls away. So right. he does. He goes two stalls from where I am. And he has a hoagie, and he puts it on top of the urinal. No, he does not. And it was open. He was eating it, and he just laid it down while he peed. And then he finished up, shook himself dry. Was it in a wrapper? Yeah, it was in a wrapper. Oh, well, then that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if it was going to be, you know, not not in a wrapper, I was going to have an issue. But who among us hasn't eaten a urinal hoagie? Urinal hoagie. (laughs) That might be my name if I ever get back into radio. This email comes from Paul. Uh, Subject line, just one small act. This happened a few weeks ago. Let me begin by saying that, as I understand it, bear repellent spray is considered a lethal weapon in the state of Texas. Wow. Okay. 
Do I have your full attention now, he says. Yeah, you do, Paul. You sure do. The incident takes place in the fictional town of East (laughs) Hold My Beer, Texas. It happened at the local thrift store. The store is part of a well-known chain of stores across the U.S. The store consists of two large rooms. One room is for displaying and selling goods. The second room is for receiving and processing gently used donated items. The rooms are separated by a wall with a double door. Okay. One side of the building is the donation center. You drive up, you park in the designated area, and a staff member comes out and unloads whatever unwanted items you're giving and then gives you a receipt. We now focus on the receiving clerk. His job is when you arrive, he wheels out a cart and unloads your items. Next, he takes the items into the donation center and places them on the receiving table. Finally, when he has the time, he sorts the items into bins marked clothes and not clothes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you got to keep things simple. Sure, sure. One day, while doing his sorting of recent donations, a strange-looking canister appeared from under a pile of clothing. He picked it hmm. up, looked at the label, smiles and yells, Hey, guys, watch this! The security camera shows that he pulls the safety ring, held the canister aloft in a Statue of Liberty pose, (laughs) and pressed the trigger. Oh, dear God, no. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Everyone in the room starts to yell and scream and grab their faces. Fellow workers fell to the ground, some gasping for air, others throwing up. Pandemonium ensues. Dear God. Meanwhile, in the adjacent room on the sales floor, the store manager hears all this yelling coming from the back room. She goes to investigate. When she pushes open the double doors, it hits her right in the face. A wave of noxious fumes. Dear God. She immediately turns and yells, Call 911! Call 911! Everybody, out of the store, now! Fire, ambulance, and police arrive in just minutes and start evacuation and treatment of employees. Most were treated on the scene. Several, however, were sent to the local ER for respiratory treatment. Oh, my Dear God. Lord. So after the chaos died down, our young clerk was handcuffed and placed in the back of a sheriff's car with a half-empty canister of bear repellent spray in the front passenger seat. He's yelling, I didn't do it. It accidentally went off. The store manager walks up and said, dude, shut up. We have you on security cam. The store was closed for several days while a professional cleaning crew rid the store of all chemical residue. Needless to say, this young man is in a heap of trouble. Yeah, he is. And uh, this, this story was submitted by Paul and his source. He quote, he listed his source, a family member. Do you suppose the family member is the kid who pulled the trigger on the bear spray or not? Could be. I don't know. I don't don't want to speculate. Either Um, way, it's a, oh my God, I can only imagine what that would have, what that would have been like. Did you ever, did you ever carry uh, bear spray when you were in Maine? No, no. I did uh, carry some deer urine. That's a thing. If you're hunting deer, you spray deer urine and somebody gave me a bottle of it as a joke. You know, hey, here's mm-hmm. some deer pee. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, this looks like apple juice. I would not put this in with my lunch. 
Deer urine. Deer urine. Wow. Yeah, you buy wow. deer urine and yeah. spray it around. You're in the shallow end with Schnapply and Toth. Next email's from a listener named Brooke. I think we've talked many times about how we love the name Brooke. Subject, my mother's dip in the shallow end. Hey guys, recently discovered the podcast and have been binge listening. Most of my days at work, I'm a dog groomer, so the dogs don't seem to mind. Well, that's good. <laughs> but since my clippers are pretty loud and the dogs can be as well, I use earbuds so I can better hear these hilarious stories. I just listened to the episode of the woman who swallowed her husband's earbud and laughed out loud. I can relate. Although I haven't swallowed one, I have come close to popping one in my mouth a few times after laying one next to my snacks on my table. Us groomers don't always get regular breaks. We adapt to take in sustenance while working. <laughs> Her story triggered a memory of mine from back in high school. When my mother went to the kitchen to give our dog his medication, I was sitting at the table, not really paying attention. But I knew she was at the counter opening the pill bottle. Suddenly, I heard her shout, Oh my God, I just took the dog's pill. I looked at her like, why the hell would you do that? She looks at me, panicked but laughing, and again says a few more times, Oh my God. Not sure what to do. She calls the vet, tells them, you're not going to believe this. Starts laughing nervously. But I've just taken my dog's pill. I can hear the receptionist laughing through the phone (laughs) as she tells my mom not to worry. It's just an antibiotic and she'll be just fine. After hanging up the phone, we both lost it and cried laughing at her mistake. We kept all the meds in the same place on the counter by the sink. So she was used to walking over there, grabbing a painkiller for a headache or a vitamin or whatever. Yeah. She was just on autopilot and just popped it into her own mouth without (laughs) thinking, forgetting what she was doing. Memory had me laughing all over again, and I'm definitely going to have to ask her if she remembers it. I'm all caught up on your episodes and look forward to more checking out Box of Oddities. <laughs> parentheses. Also, does JG know he sounds just like Paul Holes? Oh, the uh, investigator guy? I guess so. Wow. In any case, thanks for keeping me entertained, Brooke. Thanks, Brooke. You know, if I had been that mom and taken that dog pill, I would have started barking uncontrollably five minutes later just to freak my daughter out (laughs) that's a great strategy yeah Um, we had a little tube of uh, toothpaste for our dog it was about the size of a travel size toothpaste tube okay and um it was was left on my sink not by me but it was early in the morning and uh i was getting ready to go to work and i'm brushing my teeth and i'm like this tastes like liver. <laughs> oh, dear God. Dog toothpaste? Oh, dear Lord. Liver flavored. Did you yeah. get sick? I did. I, I actually, I gagged. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I can imagine. That was, oh, my Lord. That was pleasant. Not to mention oh. the smell of my breath, you know. Jethro's been eating liver again, everybody. <laughs> At four in the morning. This is why we work in radio. Brent sent us an email uh, it's about names. He says, Lindsay is a pretty, a pretty name, too. Oh, um, thank you, Brent. Sorry, probably 100, 100 other people wrote in to say this as well. Maybe you should tie in a small bit on unfortunate names sometime. Um, I work in an industry where I see a lot of, let's say, creative names. Here are a few. Shithead. <laughs> That is creative. <laughs> is, is this a legal name? I mean... I, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be great if their last name was McGee. Yeah. Shithead McGee. Out of Alaska. Lee Dash Ah. The Dash Don't Be Silent, it says in parentheses. Hmm. Uh, twins, Lemon Jello and Orange Jello. No. And somebody named Harry P. 
hits. That's unfortunate. Oh, that's unfortunate. You know anybody with names like that, Linz? There's a woman out here in uh, L.A. who does traffic, uh, and her air name is Robin Banks, which I think is very clever. I went to school with uh, a Candy Cotton. Really? And there was a guy that worked in the neighborhood when I was growing up, and his name was Rusty Carr. And I'm not <laughs> sure if Rusty was a nickname or if that was his real name, but everybody called him Rusty Carr. Rusty Carr. What mm-hmm. a great name. That would be a great radio name. <laughs> it would be. An email from a woman named Jessica. The subject is elderly Yorkie and a gas station bath. <laughs> Hello there, friends at Shallow End. My name is Danny Morgenstern. Not really, but isn't that a great name? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. She says, really, my name is Jessica or Messy Jesse, if you ask my family. Anyway, here's my little dip in the shallow end or maybe my dogs. I was on a 12-hour car ride with my kids and my two dogs. One of these dogs was a 17-year-old Yorkie who doesn't do anything he doesn't want to. (laughs) On one of our potty breaks, Biscuit, the elderly Yorkie, refused to potty. I knew this was a recipe for disaster, but I wanted to get back on the road. We all got back in the car and started back on our journey. At one point, Biscuit got on my lap and settled in. About an hour later, he stirs awake, stands, and turns three circles in what I presume was a summoning spell. (laughs) He then shot liquid poop out his butt and all over me, the car, and the window. Oh, no. Can you fathom what that would have been like? No. If you were Jesse? We stop at the next gas station. Biscuit and I grab extra clothes. <laughs> I, I think what Jesse's saying is that she grabbed extra clothes. I somehow doubt Biscuit thought, well, I better help get some clothes. And he's grabbing stuff. Rummaging through the yeah, luggage. Through, through his suitcase. I know I packed an extra shirt in here somewhere. We head inside straight for the restroom. I change my clothes in a stall. Then we go to the sink to try and rinse the liquid poop out of my clothes. Enter Curious toddler he looks up at his mom and says "Ooh, yuck he was right they head to a stall and he says mama that lady stinks is her shitting is her shitting in the sink her needs to go to the potty i finish as fast as i can as he continues to ridicule me while his mom shushes him frantically he occasionally takes in a dramatic sniff and says Shoo-wee! I make my way to the car, and just as we have everything clean and we're about to hop back in, I hear him again. (laughs) Dare her is! The lady who pooped in the sink! So long story short, I can never go back to Tennessee for fear of that kid. Love you guys, Jessica. Wow. Oh, Jessica, that's my favorite story so far. That's that's a good one. That's, that's, uh, That's right up there with the bear spray. So our, our last email comes from Emily. And uh, let's share this final email together. (laughs) Paragraph by paragraph. The ongoing idiocy of my first days at school. Wanted to start out by saying I'm a big fan. I'm sure my neighbors must think I'm a lunatic or that I really enjoy yard work and walking the dog because I'll be listening (laughs) to your show and laughing out loud. I wear (laughs) hearing aids, though, so it's not evident to onlookers that I'm actively listening to anything. That said, I'd like to share my shallow end life decisions with you. Bless you, Emily. And actually, Emily sent in virtually a story for every grade. <laughs> so <laughs> we just took the three best. But uh, my God, again, like the woman who was willing to share the 
hygiene gone wrong stories. Mm. Emily uh, is gets huge props for sending uh, sending these stories in. As I was growing up, I didn't seem to understand the consequences of my actions. I'm an inherently uncoordinated person, absent-minded, and for whatever reason, seemed to get more careless with my actions just before the start of school. I was always very tomboyish, in spite of the long, very blonde hair and fair skin tone, which made me look much more girly than I could ever have imagined. So as I said, she sent a half dozen stories to all of them are great, but we thought these were the funniest. Just before the start of grade two, my best friend and I were riding our banana seat bikes through the side streets of our small suburban town. Oh, that takes me back. Um, Doesn't it? On one of the streets where we started our day, some road work was being done, so we had to detour slightly to avoid construction. On the way back, however, the road work was complete. We were both commenting on the strong smell of fresh asphalt as we zoomed as fast as we could down the road that we had previously detoured. Evidently, there was a large patch of asphalt that was soft and squishy enough to stop my front wheel dead in its tracks. Oh, no. Unfortunately, I did not stop until I'd flown over the fresh roadway and landed somehow only on my nose and skidded to a stop dear lord (laughs) dazed and embarrassed and not sure how to proceed i gathered my wits went to retrieve my bike my best friend said to me it doesn't look so bad i'm sure you'll be fine (laughs) as only a second grader can ascertain (laughs) by the time i got home my nose was a full-on bloody mess i remember looking at myself in the mirror and trying my best to wash it all off but not wanting to pick the bits of dirt and debris out of the open wound. Needless to say, the next couple of days were spent with me hoping beyond hope that the giant, thick, disgusting-looking scab that reached from my forehead down to the tip of my nose would heal in time for grade two to start. It did not. I can only imagine. But wait, there's more. Just before the start of grade three, I thought it'd be a great idea to strap my sister's roller skates to my shoes. You know, those kinds from the 1970s where you could slip your shoes into? Mm -hmm. Not the fully booted version of real roller skates. You have a little key to tighten them onto your shoe. I remember those. I decided to squat down at the top of a hill (laughs) to see how fast I could travel down the sidewalk. Isn't this just evocative of Wile E. Coyote? Mm -hmm. By the time I got about halfway down the hill, I was going uncontrollably fast. I thought if I could angle my way to my neighbor's front lawn, I could land softly with maybe just some grass stains. That said, physics was never my strong suit, (laughs) and I undershot the lawn and instead veered directly into the neighbor's driveway, which consisted of those teetsy limestone sharp-edged pebbles. I still have two of those pebbles in my knee more than 35 years later. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. That's quite a battle scar. So the last experience I'll leave you with is the weekend before grade nine started. That time of a girl's life when she is her most awkward. Not that I needed help being awkward. Somehow I had grown (laughs) to the same height I would end up as an adult, 5'7", but hadn't filled in yet, so I was really gangly looking. My family and I had gone camping for a long weekend, 
and being that I was more of a loner, I strolled away from the group and walking along the river's edge that was all huge boulders of granite. This is in Muskoka. If you've ever visited, you'll get the idea. I thought I'd do a good deed and gather some driftwood for the fire that night. Some pieces were too big to easily carry, so I thought I'd break them into more manageable pieces. <laughs> okay, makes sense. One such branch was too thick for me to break with my knee in the traditional manner. So I leaned the stick up against a boulder and thought if I could karate chop my foot down in the middle of it, I'd break it right in half. Well, it worked. <laughs> But I hadn't factored in the upper half of the stick and where it would travel once broken. Uh-oh. In case you're wondering, it traveled directly to the soft flesh beside my eye, no. breaking one of those lenses in my glasses in the process. Oh, I started God. high school with the blackest of eyes <laughs> I have ever seen on a human. It sounds like these things happened right before you'd go to school. I'm, I'm yeah, sensing and a, pretty much every year. A pattern Poor there. Emily. Yeah. She ends by saying, hope these are entertaining for you. Maybe another day I'll show the story of how I fell off my friend's third story roof in the wintertime and landed on the building supplies beside the basement below. <laughs> God, I'm remembering so many more stories as I'm writing this, so I'll just stop now and go pour myself a strong beverage to try to forget about all the bad decisions I've made throughout my lifetime. All the best, Emily. Thanks, Thank you, Emily. Emily, and we look forward to uh, perusing more of your stories in the near future. Absolutely. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. That's where you send us emails and stuff. You could send us uh, an audio file if you want to tell a story yourself. Uh, we would love to hear from you regardless, whether you've got stories or not. Yeah, drop us a line. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. And until we meet again, make good choices. Your life might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebley and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast. Give these boys a five-star rating and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. Okay, gotta go. <laughs>